This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. Shooter ready. Stand by. Welcome to Gun Owners Radio. We are your Second Amendment community. Interviews, product reviews, politics, trivia. Gun Owners Radio has it all and more. Check us out at gunownersradio.com and tune in every week to hear Dave Stahl, Michael Schwartz, and all our guests talk about everything Second Amendment. Here we go. All right, folks, welcome to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. This is brought to you by Gravedigger, built by the Munchkin. I'm going to sit here and play with this all day. Look at, look at Schwartz over here being all serious. I'm being serious. We're on, we're on a radio show, Dave. Oh, excuse me. Hey, a self-defense event happens in seconds. And in the time it takes to listen to this commercial, your life could change forever. I pray you've never forced to shoot in self-defense, but if you must, then you must be ready. That's why the USCCA exists, because every responsibly armed American should have the training and education to navigate a self-defense situation. And should you ever need it, the 24-7 critical race team is right there for you. To discover more about the USCCA, visit uscca.com slash G-O-R. Act now, because the life you save could be your own. USCCA.com slash G-O-R. And you heard it here first. In the February monthly meetings for San Diego County Gun Owners, USCCA is going to sponsor the meetings uh, and put on a uh, um, a self-defense uh, um, seminar. So uh, check out our newsletter, San Diego County Gun Owners, and uh, come join us. It's going to be a free seminar. You get some free food, and uh, USCCA is going to do some cool stuff Where's for it gonna us. Where's it going to be at? Uh, there's three meetings. One's at uh, North County Shooting Center in San Marcos. One's at Poway Weapons and Gear in Poway. And then LaBella's Pizza down in Chula Vista. It's on. It's the third week of the month. It's like the 20th. Let me double check. 21st, 22nd, 23rd. But what you need to do is get on our email list by either becoming a member or joining. Uh, and joining or uh, just get on our email list by going to our website and keep your eye out for more information. Check out our calendar online as well. So also the Gundies, it's that time of year again. The Gundies are, they're looking for nominations for uh, um, gun uh, type media, gun radio shows. Um, so vote for us. What you want to do is go to thegundies.com. That's the G-U-N-D-I-E-S, thegundies.com. And vote for Gun Owners Radio if you think we're the best and the, the cat's meow. brightest and the bee's knees. Yeah, and the cat's meow. And the cat's meow. Go to thegundies.com and vote for us. Who puts that together? Uh, uh, I don't even know. I, had <laughs> I never, should know that. I had never heard of this. Well, we, tried, we, had a, we had a strong showing last year. That was really the first time. But uh, And you didn't tell We want to win. We did. We talked all about it. I would have brushed my hair. We, <laughs> we talked all about it. In fact, uh, you did not. I've never heard of we it. We did. Walt, how many times did you vote for us in the Gundys last year? You can vote three times a day, and Walt did that. So Where he voted I? about 100 times. You were taking a nap, I think, I must. for a couple of months. Action Jackson, did you vote? Yes. Vote early and often. Wait a minute. There you go. All right. So vote, vote, vote. And if we win, you get a free gun owner's hat. That's right. All right. Also, gun owners online. Uh, oh, actually, I'll talk about that in a minute. First recap, we had our, our meetings last week, and uh, we talked about the listening sessions and what's coming up. 
Uh, what's extremely important is these listening sessions are, of course, the county trying to ban your guns. Mm-hmm. So what we need you to do is they're looking for feedback online. And if you look at our email from Thursday, and we're going to send one out uh, again this week, uh, you're going to take this survey. It's only about four or five minutes, but you want we want to make sure we bury them with pro-Second Amendment feedback because mm-hmm. they didn't get what they were hoping to get from the listening sessions. So they're trying to find other ways to ban your guns. So we talked about this at the meetings. We're at the meetings. You know what I'm talking about. If not, go check out our email. It came out Thursday or get on our email list and get our email um, this week. But we need you to take the time to fill out this survey. Super Dave, i got to get you that link. So yeah, you give me the link. I'll okay. do it. Um, Tuesday, Tuesday, the Tuesday. county is actually going to do a recap of what they found out from these listening sessions. <laughs> So you can go down there if you want and check out their meeting. It's in the morning. Or if you go on the county board of supervisors, their website, you can actually just uh, tune in and uh, watch live um, so you don't have to leave the comfort of your home and go down to the cesspool that is the county board of supervisors. Um, But check it out. We'll probably do a recap and let everybody know. We'll talk about it on the show next week. Um, But these listening sessions, uh, the results of the listening sessions are going to come up on Tuesday for the county board. So please, please, please Mm. check it out. Uh, monthly meetings, if you're in Orange County or Inland Empire, Inland Empire had their monthly meeting last Saturday. And then this Saturday, uh, they're going to be at the gun show at uh, in uh, San Bernardino County, which is very cool. So volunteer to help them. They'll get you into the gun show for free. And then Orange County is having their monthly meeting at FT3 Tactical this Wednesday at 6 o'clock. So come check it out if you're anywhere near the Orange County area. And check out our radio merch. Go to gunownersradio.com. Merch section um, it's listed there, or just go directly to it, shop.gunownersradio.com. And if you're watching us on YouTube, the lovely Alicia is wearing our Gun Owners Radio shirt. Hey. And the lovely hey. Schmedley <laughs> Action Jackson over here is wearing our hat. Very stylish. And Michael's wearing the underwear. And I'm, I'm wearing our Gun Owners Radio <laughs> underwear. I am. I got to tell you, it's lacier than I thought we were going to go with. But well, as we far as comfort for a bikini factor, cut on you. Yeah. Right. So it's is it chaffing? It's a little definitely bit? cutting. Is it chaffing <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> tell you that. Barely cutting. <laughs> Somebody get him some talcum powder, will you, please? <laughs> hey, so hey, I got to like tell that. you. Hey, you like that? I got to tell you, we got feedback last week from an, an extremely important listener who I love very much. He said that we talk about food too much on this show. So I, 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 I decided that, you know what, uh, maybe sometimes we do get a little too cheesy, and I feel oh. like we should, we should stick to the meat and potatoes. Yeah, and eliminate you know? the corn. Yeah, we don't want to get all corny. Yeah, we don't want to get all corny. I think he's got a really strong point. Or as I would say, get your own show. <laughs> no. <laughs> he, was, he was very politeful. But, or politeful. We he was just politeful. Did, we just, just made that term We up. just didn't talk about food that he likes. <laughs> Uh, anyway, what do you think? You think we talk about food too much, Action Jackson? I think we're going nuts over food. Nice. Uh, or is I, or well, is you I, eat the whole time, right? I just finished a roll from Taco Bell. Oh. And don't what? forget the black licorice. Yeah. Ta- black oh. licorice and Taco Bell. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, jeez. Let me see your tongue. <laughs> How old are you? You only got about 25, 30 more years for, for, to eat like that. Yeah, you can't eat more, any more black licorice. Yeah. Come hit about 40 and you're eating Taco Bell and black licorice. Absolutely. <laughs> just pounding it. You're man. wiped out for like a week. Well, you um, know, they did turn the pyramid upside down. 
I don't so know what that. Cere- I don't know what that means. That means. Do cereal, I want to know what that means? No, cereal is the best thing for you. Not meat. Not chicken. Not any of that. I they literally that. turned it upside down. I don't think a whole lot of people are going to look at me and say, "Hey, Mike, what's the best food for me?" You're going to tell them black licorice. <laughs> That's right. We're not supposed to talk about food anymore. That's right. We're not supposed to talk about it. Alicia. We're going how bananas. How you doing? Over yeah, he's going to bananas overall. How much food we talk about? <laughs> I'm good. How's it going over there? Good. Good. Yeah. She has an instructor jacket on. Anything? Anything oh, exciting? Outside. Are you doing a segment this this I, uh, later? Yeah. Which t- talk? Do a little like ten Promo. seconds. Well, we'll tell you know, them, so don't talk about the the subject, but just okay. like what what is your segment? A tease. Okay. So you know how we decided to kind of start uh, doing a, a self defense incident weekly just to kind yes. of talk about right we're already deviating from that we're talking about an incident however it's not it's not what the original intention was but i there, think it's important to cover there's but, your teaser right yeah. there so stay tuned for what the five o'clock hour maybe i just got uh confirmation by the way before we go to commercial if uh for those of you out there that love youtube uh don shipley runs the phony seal of the week channel where he uncovers he uncovers guys that are lying about being a seal. Mm-hmm. It is fascinating. Is it's it really? fascinating. He was legitimately a seal and is an extremely entertaining guy. Just got confirmation that he's coming on the show in a couple of weeks. All right. So everybody, mark your calendars. Not next week, but the week after. We're going to have Don Shipley on. Next, we're going to have Beth Bauman on. She's a uh, political reporter and editor at The Daily Wire. So we're going to talk to her about all kinds of cool stuff. Sounds like a fun show. Add by all. There you go. You are listening to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Oh. FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Hey, if you have legal matters that involve firearms, then you need to call our California firearms lawyer, John Dillon, especially if you have questions about red flag laws, gun registration, gun transportation, or maybe you need to know that your guns are California compliant. Call our trusted firearms attorney, John Dillon. John Dillon specializes in California gun laws. Call 760-642-7150. Or you can visit his website at DylanLawGP.com. Dot com. Dot com. All right, our next guest is Beth Bauman. Uh, She's a political reporter and editor of The Daily Wire. She previously covered breaking news and politics at Town Hall and The Blaze. Her primary interests include the Second Amendment, illegal immigration, and free speech on college campuses and long walks on the beach. No, no, I don't know about that last part. But anyway, Beth, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, I want to make sure. I always screw up names. Is it? How do you pronounce your last name, Beth? You actually did it. You actually said it right. Yes. <laughs> so happy. All right, cool. Well, thank you for, for being on the show. Let's talk a little bit about, first off, just tell everybody a little bit about who you are and what you do and, and uh, how you got there. Um, so I was an editor at Daily Wire. Um, that ended probably a couple years ago now. Oh. Um but I, <laughs> I know I've kind of bounced all over the place the last few years. Um, so I, you know, I just started out as someone who was a concerned citizen and got involved in 
um, actually worked on campaigns in the Inland Empire, um, where I'm originally from, and worked on stuff throughout California. Eventually moved with my now husband to Idaho and um, ended up getting paid for my opinions. <laughs> uh, didn't didn't always didn't always happen that way. Um, it was just something I kind of did because I, I felt called to do it. And um, I was blessed enough to make a living, you know, doing it for a while. Um, my dad is former law enforcement. So I would say that uh, guns were always kind of a part of my life. Um, and something, something about him just in the second amendment, you know, I felt called to it and, the lack of of adequate information out there and being frustrated with people who would blatantly lie about the laws or how they impacted us really made me um, an advocate that wanted to to do it justice. Now, you see, you got paid for your opinions. Talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what does that mean? Well, I mean, because I, I have a lot of opinions, got, people usually pay me to to not not tell them. Yeah, here I'll give you ten bucks if you stop talking about, you know, watches and food more or whatever. <laughs> whatever I'm talking about that week. But what do you mean? How are you getting paid for your opinion? Well, I mean, I I would get to write opinion pieces about different um, legislation or anything from illegal immigration to um, gun control laws, um, really anything that I kind of felt, like I said, called to explain, um, anything that I had personal experience, um, dealing with. So one of the things I frequently talk about in my pieces is being a sexual assault survivor, being a Mm -hmm. domestic violence survivor and how for me, uh, gun control is a way of um, really harming women like me again and re-victimizing those who decided to take action instead of continuing to be a victim or a survivor. I'm so sorry you had to go through that. That's horrible. Um, no, you know what? I, as horrible as it was, I don't, I would never change it because it made me who I am and it. Uh, gave me the convictions I have today. Um, so I, you know, I, I think that's a great I, I attitude too. I, I actually, I frequently tell people I have no regrets. I really have no regrets. No, and cause if you, if you, if, I if, it, if it, I didn't do something the way I did it, I wouldn't be who I am today. So I, I think that's a great absolutely. attitude. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you grew up in the Inland Empire. You're in Riverside or, or San Bernardino or. Uh, Paris is my hometown. Oh, um, I hear it's I beautiful this time of year. Paris? Oh. <laughs> yeah, she lives under Love the her. Eiffel Tower. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not that one. You wee know. wee. Yeah. No, I actually, yeah. I know I know right where Paris is. You know, we, we also have Inland Empire gun owners. We have San Diego County gun owners, Orange County gun owners, and then very recently, within the last couple of years, we started Inland Empire gun owners and uh, Carla uh, runs Inland Empire gun owners and I believe she is I don't know if she still lives but she's very very close to Paris so I know exactly where you're talking about yep so I grew up there worked in Riverside San Bernardino Redlands Ukaipa um, worked all throughout that area so 
Yep. Where, how did you know what called home? How did you get the how did the political bug bite you? Um how'd you get involved in that? I I would say well, I always I grew up listening to John and Ken and Laura Ingram before anybody knew who she was. And I grew up in a household where my parents, I wouldn't say they pushed me into talking about current events, but I definitely grew up in a household where, you know, my parents read the paper, they, you know, watched the news when it was actually news (laughs) and had conversations with me. But I would really say that illegal immigration and seeing I mean, growing up in the Paris, Riverside, Moreno Valley area where it is very heavily, um, there's, it's heavily illegal immigration. I really saw the firsthand impact of that. And um, especially in my teenage years. And I think that really is truly what, what motivated me and what initially propelled me to being a conservative um, when Obama was dumping um, illegal aliens in Marietta, I was actually one of the people who was out there in the 100-degree heat and spent the, the night, and you know, across from the Marietta Border Patrol Station. And um, it was just something that I saw, you know, jobs being taken away from, from Americans, um, seeing how... And that got you fired up to, to be involved. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah now, when you did, you, were you, you? I think I believe you said you were involved in some campaigns. Where was it? Federal mm-hmm. or state or what? What level campaigns were you involved in? All. Um, so I did quite a few congressional and senatorial, um, some city council. Um, I myself threw my hat in the ring. Um, for Paris City Council when I was like 22, just because I felt like people weren't confident. <laughs> I know I had no shot, but I, but I did. I was like, hey, I mean, what's the worst that can happen? You e- know? Everybody's <laughs> got a shot. I mean, listen, I, you know, our focus, I don't know if you're familiar with San Diego County Gunners and Orange and Inland Empire Gunners. Our focus are city councils. That's where we try to get pro-Second Amendment yeah. people elected is at these city councils. Now I'll tell you, you got to have resources. You got to be able to raise money. You got to, you know, have mm-hmm. a circle of influence. You got to have a, you know, a, you know, some kind of volunteer, uh, you know, army. It doesn't have to be huge, um, but everybody's got a chance in in these city council races, mm-hmm. which is what you know. That's that's one of the, that's what makes it one of the things that makes it so fun to focus on these city council races. You really can. You know, you can pull off a a, a, a a major victory, you know, with very little resources and a whole lot of, you know, elbow grease. So I, I think any given Sunday, everybody's got a chance in these local races. I'm glad you threw your hat in. What did you learn from running for office? Um, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a full on, um, you know, campaign. It was just they were filling a vacant seat sort of thing. So it was up to the rest of the council's discretion. Oh, I see. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it was really a reminder of how, and I knew this coming from a political background and interning in DC and whatnot, that it really is about who, you know, not what, you know, and you know, if you're not, I was far too conservative for these progressive you know, council members. So it wasn't surprising to me that they chose someone who was also just as progressive. Um, wow, in Paris. And it, and it wasn't. 
in in Paris, oh, of yeah. all places, you you would describe the, at the time the uh, city council is full of of uh, politically progressives. Oh in, yeah, in Paris. Oh yeah, right. oh, yeah. and I'm yeah. It's, I'm not. Oh, yeah. I, I guess I'm I'm sounding surprised, but um, I just think that a lot oh, of people yeah. should be are surprised. They they don't realize. Oh well, it's Riverside County. It's San Bernardino County. Everybody's you know good so, old God fearing so apple pie eating. You know. I will tell you this. So I worked on Steve Adams' campaign when he when uh, he ran against Mark Chicano, um, who's now the congressman there, and Chicano's risen the ranks, and the uh, congressional district at the time was Europa Valley, Riverside, Moreno Valley, and Paris, mm-hmm. and the majority of that district is very progressive, but because it encompasses Riverside and parts of Victoria and whatnot, everybody assumes that it's red and it's not. I mean, you look at the people who live in that area, um, a lot of them, you know, are, are, I would say the kind of stereotypical Democrats there. Um, and, a, and I think a large part of it has to do with the illegal immigration factor. A lot of them, you know, their family members are, you know, somehow, not all of them, but there's a large population that is illegal. And so they vote with the Democrats because the Democrats promised amnesty and um, things along those lines. So it, that district is very, very, um, very blue. Yeah, and, so and I, I, I just think a lot of people make assumptions. We are too surprised by that. Now we're, we're going to go to break here in a minute, but it sounds like the uh, it sounds like the uh, um, the background that we read about you is is old. So where where are you? Where can people find uh, your your writing these days? Who 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 are you with? So I'm writing at Armed American News. And I do that as I have time um, right now for full-time living. I'm doing political fundraising and helping get those candidates who share my values, helping them raise money to win. Awesome. When we, We're going to do another segment. When we come back, I want to talk to you about some of the impacts uh, that local gun regs have and why it's important to focus on them. All right, kids, stick with us. Gun Owners Radio. FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio. F961 AM 1170. The answer. Orange County Gun Owners is dedicated to preserving and restoring Orange County self defense. And if you live in Orange County and want to help defend and restore the Second Amendment, you need to join slash join. Orange County Gun Owners is the do something organization to restore and defend the Second Amendment. Volunteer at a shooting social, at a gun shop, tabletop, and help more pro-gun local officials get elected. Become a member today, ocgunowners.com slash join. We're talking to Beth Bauman. She's an author at Armed American News. 
Um, it, we, we found out, I, I don't think I realized this, that you're from Inland Empire, which is awesome. So we were talking a little bit about Inland Empire and some local politics. Um, so what, before we talk, circle back to uh, local politics and Second Amendment, what made you, what, what made you focus on uh, Second Amendment uh, specifically? It seems like, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like a couple years ago or within the last couple years, you really uh, focused and, and, and focused in on Second Amendment issues rather than some of the broader political issues that we we're talking about. Is that right? Or, or are you just, uh, you just compartmentalize and you write about second amendment stuff on a second amendment area and you write about other things, other, other ways, other places. No, no, no. So I, um, when I started freelancing, I was, so when I, <laughs> my history is so long, my CV. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, when I, when I started, you know, writing, um, I was actually, um, a, I worked at Alien Gear Holsters. I was their, like, first publicist. And so I started, you know, doing writing on their behalf about 2A issues, which, um, again, like, I had always been passionate about and, you know, learned more. And um, after losing my job there, I went to uh, Jen Jakes and Bob Owens, who were at Bearing Arms at the time, and asked them, you know, hey, do you guys need a writer? And um, so I freelanced there for about a year and Town Hall Media, which owns Town Hall, um, you know, asked me to come on board and I uh, became part of the editorial team at Town Hall and took my kind of two-way bucket with me. And that's just always kind of been my bread and butter and my expertise. And um, I was one of the few people who was thoroughly reading bills um, breaking them down, doing legislative analysis on them, um, following things as they happened in the courts, in the states, on the local level. Um, so really on all on all levels. And um, as I, you know, did more of it, I just became more passionate about it. And, and here th- we are today. And here we are today. There's a lot of different avenues to go down uh, in the Second Amendment universe. You know, you can talk about gear, you can talk about uh, tactics. Mm-hmm. You can talk about self defense. You can talk about legislation, lawsuits, all kinds of stuff. What's? Wait, it sounds like mm-hmm. you've touched on uh, just about all of them at some point. What? What's mm-hmm. your? What do you prefer? What's your favorite thing to write about? Mine is definitely um, legislation and courts. Um, and so, Alan Gottlieb from the Second Amendment Foundation is actually one of my absolute favorite people um, because. And I told him this, I go, I love being able to sit down with you and just kind of nerd out and geek out. And, you know, all of the gear and stuff is great. Like, um, but without the legislation, without what's happening in the courts, we don't get to enjoy all of those things that come after. And so I really think anybody can write about the latest and greatest thing that, you know, dropped at SHOT Show, but it takes a really... Um, special person to be able to really dig down deep into the nitty gritty of it and to find out what they're trying to confiscate from us and how they're trying to erode our rights so that we have the ability to fight back so we can have all of those really cool things. So it's, it sounded like you uh, started out on the local level in Inland Empire, which is awesome. And of course, our organizations mm-hmm. focus on, uh, you know, local and uh, definitely mm-hmm. you've turned into the Second Amendment voice in, in, in the county. Mm-hmm. 
it, it was it wasn't too long ago when Second Amendment issues just didn't exist at the at the county mm-hmm. or, or definitely not the city level. It was really more of a state and federal issue. But in the last few years, mm-hmm. it's definitely made its way into you know local city councils, which is really really stinks. In fact, in San Diego, we, we started off, we kicked off the show talking about uh, the county had this, has these listening sessions where they invited people to come and give suggestions on how to ban guns, essentially. And of course, they, they they called it. They said, "Well, we want to hear your solution to gun violence." But what do you think it was? It's they're trying to ban guns. Mm-hmm. So Tuesday, the the county board of supervisors, you know, like the city council for the county, they're mm-hmm. going to talk about what they heard. They're going to talk about all the suggestions they heard. Now we outnumbered them at like every listening session, and you know, basically said, "Hey, keep keep your hands off." And we actually came up with some some suggestions, like uh, if somebody goes for a uh, a restraining order. Um, they should also get an application for a CCW. And if they get grant, if the judge actually grants that restraining order, then they should get head of the line privileges for that CCW. You know, they need it right now. Mm-hmm. So we made real suggestions on what they could do. Um, and, and Tuesday, I'm not anticipating them, you know, re- reflecting the reality mm-hmm. of these listening sessions. But what I, what I want to know, from, what I want to talk about and see what your opinion is, uh, why is it important, uh, you know, that, that we focus on these local uh, Second Amendment issues. You know what? What does what does that do to the Second Amendment? Why is that important for gun owners to maybe take their focus off the White House and Congress and and you know put it on on Main Street and, and Town Hall? You know, I think what we've seen really in the last five or six years is we've seen a lot of people realizing that the power is really at the the local level, and the number one person that goes back to, in my opinion, is always going to be the sheriff. Your sheriff has the ability to say, you know, I'm going to be a constitutional sheriff. I will follow the constitution and not necessarily what's thrown at me. And that starts, like you guys said, with electing those who not just respect our rights, but uphold them. And Uh, We're seeing it in like Oregon and other states where, you know, on a state level, they're trying to um, implement various gun control laws, whether they're, you know, red flag laws or uh, quote unquote high capacity magazine bans. Well, if you have every single sheriff saying, I'm not going to enforce this, who's going to enforce that? I mean, well, it's really city, I mean, city and state police. They'll they'll enforce it. Like, yeah, you know, like DOJ state level. Unfortunately, um, I think I think it's wonderful these sheriffs who stand up and say, "Hey, we're not doing that. That's ridiculous." And we even had a DA. Uh, the, the last two DAs, uh, um, we we told them about you know the assault weapons ban in California, and we showed them mm-hmm. some of the solutions, some of the california legal configurations and said you know would you prosecute this and they said no that's ridiculous i think it's a great uh it's it's but it's still it's kind of a band-aid yep. though it's you know in the kind of a a mid it, it middle is, it is a band-aid and you know i was thinking about this when you guys told me you wanted to talk about this and i have mixed feelings on on the local stuff because i definitely believe that Change start. Change starts from the ground up and not the top down. But I think about it as just 
California is a great example. I started going through the CCW process Mm -hmm. and I actually stopped. Um, I saw the San Bernardino attacks happen from my office when I worked there. Like I watched it. We listened, we listened to, um, the, the, uh, police scanners. We heard like instantly same day. It was like a Muslim. They were suspecting terrorism. Of course, nobody will tell you that. And so I had already been kind of like thinking about going through the CCW process. You know, I had been insulted in college, so this was kind of in the back of my head. And I started going through this process, and I realized, like, how expensive it was. And the sheriff at the time, Stan Smith, like, I don't, I have issues with him. Yeah, so do we. He He was horrible, horrible. He was, he was, he was absolutely terrible on the Second Amendment, and it was absolute BS that the NRA and other gun groups came out saying he was this great constitutional gun-loving sheriff. The only reason that he ever started doing anything was because Sheriff McMahon in San Bernardino County was after the San Bernardino attack, and they had like tenfold the number of uh, CCWs. He was basically forced to do the same thing. You know, Inland Empire so, gun owners didn't exist when uh, Sniff, when uh, uh, Bianco uh, got elected over Sniff. They, we, they didn't exist yet. But Gun Owners Radio, uh, we talked about the, the problems with Sniff a lot. And he, you're right, he was protected by the NRA, and that is forever a black eye on them. They never should have protected. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Actually, I do have some ideas. But they should never have protected uh, Sniff. He was He was... Kind of these, one of these good old boy, like, well, the Second Amendment's great mm-hmm. for me, but not for everybody else. And for it was everybody else. Exactly. horrible. I'm so glad and, you said that because you're absolutely right on. And he he was a main issuer, and yeah. I realized I was like, I'm not going to spend all this money, all this time, all this waiting, and you know, my reason being, I'm a sexual assault survivor, which I don't, I shouldn't need a reason to begin with, but I think that's a pretty legitimate one. And is he going to come back and say, well, not, you know, not for you, you're not worthy of it. And so I stopped. And so I'm trying to remember why I was going down this track, but Um, you said you you have mixed feelings that, yeah, you got to start grassroots, but still, you, you got to start somewhere, but at the same time, then it's also an issue when you're going between I mean, even just traveling up the state of California, the disparities between, you know, what happens in Orange versus San Diego versus Riverside or San Bernardino. And so I take issue with that. I mean, obviously, if it were up to me, I'd say burn it all down. Let's have constitutional (laughs) carry. Let's not ask anybody. But that's, I mean, realistically speaking, will that ever happen? No. Um, You know, we gave them an inch. They took. 10 miles and we're not going to get that ground back. Um, But so I I have mixed feelings about that because I do think there is some room for improvement. If there is a strong enough majority that are, are willing to fight back, if a lot of local communities or counties or areas come together, then obviously that's going to make a bigger impact. Um, so that's, that's kind of where I see it. All right. Hey, that was a great interview. Thank you very much. You just won a gun um, owner's <laughs> radio hat. We'll send that to you. There you, you. go. Yeah. 
Yeah, that you can wear it proudly. So thanks a lot. It was really a lot of fun. Stay in touch. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Why? Because Action Jackson says we have to. This is Gut Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. If I care, you care. All right, this is Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. That's the world-class action. By the way, a, a listener called in. They loved your nuts reference. <laughs> <laughs> and did you know we have a world-class flight training school right here in San Diego? Pilots can fly almost every day. We're close to the ocean and well, and the desert. Mountains, SDFTIs, instructors can help you learn to navigate around the international border and military bases. That's why San Diego is one of the best places to learn how to fly in the world. Learn to fly in sunny San Diego right at Montgomery Field. Getting started is super easy. Give them a call, 858-569-1822. That's SDFTI, 858-569-1822. You know, a couple of random thoughts. Uh... We do have openings for, for sponsors, so if you're interested in reaching out to the Second Amendment world through Gun Owners Radio, reach out to us, uh, and we will uh, sit down and work out a, uh, a marketing and advertising budget that fits perfectly for you and what you're doing uh, here on Gun Owners Radio. Um, and everybody who's listening, uh, you know, check out our sponsors. Reach out to them and say, hey, thanks for, yeah. for, uh, call, or thanks for sponsoring and you Gun Owners Radio. And you don't have to be in the gun industry. No, well, that's that's what we think about is the SDFTI. That's a yeah. That's a flight school. You could be a black licorice salesperson <laughs> that has a store. Back to food. Good job yeah, at high back demand. To food. Russ, yeah. if you're listening, I didn't bring that up. That wasn't me. Yes, it was. That was Super Dave. But, but no, seriously, but check I mean, out. But go, yeah, if you want to get the word out, and you're a Second Amendment, and you want to help. There you go. Because by doing this, it helps, especially when we have to hire lawyers and trainers like Alicia. All kinds of people. All expensive. Yeah. So I thought Beth's interview was was good. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. There's, you know, of course we're we're focused on these listening sessions and what the county's looking to do. And I, like I said earlier, on Tuesday, don't really know how this is going to go. I don't know what do the you exactly really think gonna it's going to change. You don't? Do you think this was just an exercise that they did to say they did it? I well, I think that they. Here's how I think it it progressed. I think that we have three anti-gun board members mm-hmm. on the county board um and then and they and and uh, as soon as soon as they got, got control these anti-gun groups said hey you know we want more action on the county level um and uh, so they said all right well here's what we're going to do we're going to hire this consulting firm i'm sure they paid them six figures we'll have to find out when they're yep. done we paid them six figures. we yeah mm-hmm. like the, the county our our tax uh dollars did that and they picked they purposely picked a firm. You know, when you go through this, you basically say, "Look, these are the results we want." You know, this is we're trying to. Here's what we're trying to get to. So, figure out the best pathway that looks scientific, that looks legit, and get us there. 
So they did these listening sessions, which is pretty standard. They pull this this crap all the time on different subjects and whatever. It just happened to be the uh, the the, the uh, gun owner's turn. And by the way, they actually even have a subcommittee of uh, of volunteers aboard, like a sub a subcommittee that talks about um, like health and safety type issues. And this didn't even go through that. It just it passed right by. Mm-hmm. You know, which which I it shouldn't have, but it's their priority or their prerogative. Um, anyway, so they said, all right, well, we want to ban guns. You know, hey, uh, special interest, uh, you know, uh, consulting group, we want to ban guns. Go figure out how to ban guns. They said, great, we're going to start with listening sessions. But we did such a good job of getting people to these listening sessions that I'm convinced they didn't get the ammunition that they needed in oh. order to ban our guns. play on words? A little bit. <clears throat> you think the check bounced? <laughs> well, no, I, I, I think, uh, I, I think that they. Hey, you spent six digits and you didn't get what you wanted. I think that they were enormously frustrated. So what they did is they came out with this survey, and this survey is to is really, really crafted in a way mm-hmm. so that uh, you know they can get what they want. Um, and and the survey again, if you go to uh, our website, sign up, get our. Newsletter, you're going to get our – e- and if you got our email on Thursday, it's there. If you came to a meeting last week, we gave you a flyer and showed you how to get to this uh, this uh, link to take this survey. And uh, la- worst-case scenario is go get on our email list now, and we will send you the email this week. You only have a month. It ends on, I think, Valentine's Day, and that's how it. appropriate. I know. So, so uh, it's so structured that I think it's meant to really get – the uh, you know, the, and you know how it is with service. You can structure, you know, like the whole like, look, I need you to answer yes or no. Have you stopped beating your wife? Exactly. You know what I mean? And that's it, a lot of these questions are. So if it comes out the way I think it's going to come out, can I have a mic drop on this one? <laughs> yes, because you definitely have to bring that back for this. Well, so here, so the next step is they're on Tuesday. What they're doing, and again, if you go to the county's uh, website, you can listen. Uh, for yourself on Tuesday, I'm definitely listening in, marked out the whole day so I can make sure not to, you know, I can take notes, make sure not to miss it. You're not allowed to go? I don't want to go. I, I, I'd rather listen. They don't want you to go. Well, and it's easier for me to take notes and really study it if I'm watching it on my own computer. But And you could scream. <laughs> yeah. And if I say cuss words. You know. Yeah. So the, um, uh, what they're going to do is just kind of recap my understanding, recap what they think they heard. Um, in these listening sessions, but again, I really think I really doubt they're going to tell the truth. No, of course not. They're not going to say, "Well, gee, I got to tell you, it sounds like from the feedback we got, it sounds like your your county and the people in it have no appetite for any more, you know, uh, gun regulations." Do you think they're going to say that? No, no, it's not going to be that. No, um, but I don't know. Let's let's wait and see. Um, and and it'll be very interesting. There there won't be any proposals on Tuesday. Um, they're not going to say, "Hey, this is what you should do from here." I don't believe. Um, it's just going to be a uh, a recap of of what they say they heard, and you know, if it, it will have a response. San Diego County Gunner is definitely going to have a response um, to their, uh, you know, what what they what they say they heard. Now, if by some miracle they do say hey i got to tell you san diego doesn't seem like you know we should probably just not do anything uh you know when it comes to alone. yeah we should probably you guys are you know barking up the wrong tree you know then we'll say hey great <clears throat> wonderful wonderful recap you're absolutely right the people of san diego have spoken and they don't want your your uh you know nathan fletcher and and tara mm-hmm. Raymer, whatever lawson and and uh 
Nora, whatever her name is. We don't want your uh, your your gun bans. We don't want your ammo bans. But you know, this is the same county who adopted the uh, uh, you know the, the the made it impossible for you to home manufacture a firearm. I mean, they've been very very vocal about being anti gun. Of course, Nathan Fletcher was uh, he pretended he was pro gun back when he was a Republican. Um, That's how but he, he got elected. Yeah, but he was. As soon as they, it's, uh, it's the weirdest thing ever. As soon as he became a Democrat, oh, what did all, I his say? mind totally changed. That yeah. So that's what's going to happen um, on Tuesday. <laughs> but the, 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 this fight is no. It's just begun. This whole thing has just begun. They're definitely going to use this information to try to do local, uh, you know, ordinances that they've already decided that you know there's already a file sitting on someone's desk saying, hey, no matter what they say in this stupid. Survey. This is what we're going to push. This next. is a chess game, and there are already ten moves out. Well, they at least have the plan. You know, but here, here got, are the next ten moves we're going to make. They're ready to see whatever we do, and they have a they have a uh, just something to go against it. Guaranteed. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. I, it, it, this is exactly why we need to be involved. This is exactly yeah, why we need to this pay is why attention. Why you can't give up? And this is exactly why. Um, you know, we were talking to Beth about, you know, local versus state and federal. If this were happening on a federal level, zero chance you'd, you'd be able to have an impact. Got to put the fires while they're small. Exactly. You can, you listening to my voice right now can actually have a real impact on, on what's going on. And we can, we can defeat this thing um, easily. Um, not easily. It's never easy. But it's a, it's a very doable, realistic goal to, to defeat this thing and have this outcome go the way we want. And that's why that's why we do what we do. No one else is talking about this. Mm-mm. No one else, we got the Republican party to talk about it. They actually emailed it out. And uh, Grace from the Republican Women's Federated, who's a wonderful lady, she's she is making sure that the Republican Women's Federated sent sent it out. And some other groups, I, I think I think some other groups have sent it out. They they but the point is we're we're the tip of the spear, we're leading the fight. This is why we exist. The Second Amendment fight has trickled down into the county and and city, um, uh, and uh, that's that's why we're here. That's why we I fight. like being a thorn in their side. Yeah, <laughs> why? No, why? Tell me why. Well, because if it wasn't for if we weren't doing it, nobody would do it. And if nobody would do it, then we would be out. We wouldn't have our guns within a year. Yeah, well, and, and it, 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 we've seen when no one was doing it, things just progressively got worse. Worse. It, look how bad it got. I think we're doing great. I mean, I one of the things too. we went over, we talked about it at the last couple of shows, but we went over it in uh, in uh, at the monthly meetings as we talked about all the lawsuits we're a part of. Well, and look how many people have joined San Diego County Gun Owners. Look how yep. many people are getting CCWs. Yeah, mm-hmm. you More know, I mean, before. I got my renewal in the mail I, yesterday. So, to join San Diego County Gun Owners? <laughs> no, I know somebody. No, I'm I'm actually a member of San Diego County. No, yeah, I, I know somebody. <laughs> my uh, my CCW renewal came. Mine came yesterday as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, we're CCW Aww. twins. We're twinsies, Tears, right? Twinsies. Where did you? Were you overlap? Did you overlap? No. Or no, did you I, I was good through re-expired? the twenty eighth, so I did well. So I was did you expired. certify yourself. No, I cannot do that. No, would be, easy. be okay, convenient Mike can if I could. Certify you, and you can certify. <laughs> I'm not on the list. <laughs> not doing back scratch. About Action Jackson. Yeah, you your CCW, bud? Uh, yes, no. You, you might be a little young for a CCW. You're <laughs> Although you're a better shot than... Yeah, that's true. Than both of them. <laughs> like 50% of the uh, you know, CCW. It's amazing the people that show up to those courses. They get approved and they show and they think they're going to get all the instruction they need from that eight-hour class. That's not what it's about. It's not what it's about. It's a test, right? It's not a class. 
well, there, there's an assessment to test as part of it, but the class is not about teaching you how to use your firearm. Which means that'd be a tough yeah. girl That's right. to go up against. <laughs> oh, totally. So everybody, get on our email list. Watch, read our email from Thursday or this week. Take that survey. It's extremely important. Right here on Gun Owners Radio, FM Inland Empire gun owners strive to be the ounce of prevention in the fight for your gun rights. How do they do it? They do it by funding, fundraising, and getting local pro-gun candidates elected. Become a member today. Go to iegunowners.com slash join and join the growing number of responsible gun owners stepping up to defend our Second Amendment right. The iegunowners.com slash join. In fact, you can join all of the groups just by going to San Diego County Gun Owners. How about that? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Welcome to the second hour of Gun Owners Radio. Thank you for joining us and congratulations on finding us. We are your Second Amendment community here in Southern California. We're on every Sunday from 4 to 6 California time. Of course, you can see us youtube.com slash gunownersradio or go to gunownersradio.com. Sign up for our newsletter and we have a winner from last week who signed up for our newsletter and uh, is won a Gun Owners Radio t-shirt. Goes to Daniel G23 Cunningham. Congratulations. I don't know what the G23 means. Is he a clone? A is he some kind of a G23? <laughs> it's a clock. Oh, I don't maybe know. Maybe that's his. I think it's 23. Is, uh, is that 40 caliber? So he's Daniel 40 caliber Cunningham. Something like that. Yeah. All right, fair enough. Anyway, congratulations, Daniel. Thank you so much. We're going to send you a t-shirt. Uh, if you guys want to win a prize, join the email newsletter. Go to gunownersradio.com slash subscribe. And of course, pick up your merch at shop.gunownersradio.com. Alicia. Yes. Pull back the curtain. <laughs> Second segment. Last week, of course, you talked about a defensive gun use situation. Correct. What are you talking about this week? So today, so this one's a little bit different. I know, like I said, I know the spirit of what we were going after was to talk about a defensive shooting situation. We're kind of deviating a little bit, but I it's I feel like it's still an important topic. It actually deals with the red flag laws. So title of the article, just throw it out there. It's, it states, a Florida school received a threat. Did a red flag law prevent a shooting? So when you get into the meat of the article, there is a, there is a school that's described as it being an alternative high school in, in uh, Fort, Lauder, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Uh, there is a student who... What do you mean by alternative? 
Kids that have gotten into some trouble. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's a school for troubled children. Correct. Correct. And so there was a there was a, a, a past student who was no longer a student at the school, according to the article. Uh, he sent a photograph that, and here's word for word what they put. It says that he, uh, so I'm, I'm just going to read it from the article. It yep, says, go for it. He, a statement he made, he says, I just might come to your school and kill everybody. A 17-year-old who had previously attended the school wrote in, on an Instagram message to another student. According to police records, he singled out the principal and a behavioral specialist and sent a chilling photograph with a handgun and an assault rifle. So right there, that tells you hmm. where, their, where their minds are at. Mm-hmm. He, uh, splayed out on a bed with Siegel Alternative High School written across the top of the image, which is the name of the school, this alternative school. Um, so he made some specific threats. Um, the article later, if you read further down, does state that he made specific threats about how he wanted to follow the principal to his vehicle and take him out there in the parking lot. He gets very specific, mm-hmm. making threats against specific <coughs> people. Um, they claim that they are using the, they claim they use the red flag law in Florida to go move in and to prevent the shooting from happening. But I, really the meat, the meat of what? The meat, potatoes, of what there I want to get to. <laughs> Is what I wanted to bring up is they're making they're really linking this situation and saving the day to the red flag law. So what I wanted to kind of bring into this is a discussion of without a red flag law, would this have still been stopped or prevented? Did he break? He was already breaking the law. He was already making. Well, how, how, the, the the law he broke is he was making terroristic terroristic threats, threats threat, exactly which right is already. A law. But isn't there already a law for that? There yeah. is, exactly. So but then why do we need a colored credit. law? Exactly Correct. right. That's exactly the point. So I just, I Did really- Did you get that action? <laughs> yes. He's Thank taking you. notes. So- He's a studious student over here. I mean, you're not going to leave us hanging. There's more to the story. So they did, they moved in. This this was, again, a 17-year-old student in the state of Florida. You cannot purchase a handgun, a long gun in the state of Florida under the age of 18. Mm-hmm. Um, handguns are 20 or uh, 21. Long guns, it stated it could be at the age of 18 if they had certain um, authority by way of, of, a, of a position through a job. Otherwise, it's 21 across the board. He couldn't buy ammunition. He couldn't buy the firearms. So he was already prohibited from- Broke another law. Correct. Broke another law. So the all the credit for saving the day is being given to that red flag law. Even even though it's, it's totally even unnecessary, though, correct? It's totally correct. totally unnecessary. Not only that, but so red flag law they were invented to, uh, in theory, they were trying to fill a gap. Hey, if if someone's not breaking a law, but we're worried about mm-hmm. them, you know, that's what a red flag but law is for. How many people know that the other laws are already on the books? Because we don't talk about them, they don't talk about them, and nobody knows about them. Well, it's just but red flag. Well, and the, and the but it it just goes back, Alicia. Exactly what you're saying. It goes back to if someone is breaking the law, mm-hmm. and I mean a terroristic threat is something you know. If you're, it's a, it's a everybody knows threat. everybody knows that's illegal. I I hope unless you're just a total <laughs> psycho. But if you're breaking the law, we can take your guns. If you're not breaking the law, then why are we taking your guns? But this is a, a tactic they're using to get people comfortable with red flag laws right. by using red flag laws when they're not necessary. Putting a spin. Putting a spin on it. And, but So now what are you going to do? Are you going to argue? Well, wait a minute. This guy, uh, you know, terroristic threats. He was making terroristic threats. You, you don't think we should, you know, red flag him? Well, no. What we're saying is, and what Ali, I, correct me if I'm wrong, Alicia, what you're saying is they, 
the red flag law, the use of the red flag law in its existence did absolutely nothing to help this situation. Correct. But it's getting all the credit. Correct. There are already laws on the books. There are already steps that they could take with existing laws. Why do we need a redundancy? And that's Why all, do we need I, that's all I would say. say well, we don't need this law. And so why do you think they're doing it? Why? Do, what do you think their motivation? Well, I, think, I think you've already put it, it really, you already kind of put it out there. I think they're trying to put a spin and a positive a positive lens through, yeah. you know, viewing red laws as being a positive. Look yeah. at the, look at the great thing that we stopped. Well, and the other laws, you know, those are harder to, to convince the, the public that need to be enforced. Well, they're not as sexy. Right. But if know. a red flag, mm-hmm. it's like a, a red flag in front of a bull kind of a mentality. But see, it's new. The red flag laws are new and shiny. It, the terroristic threats. It, exactly. See, yeah. this is what I, I was saying earlier. You know, they'll try one thing, and if they don't get the results, they already got another play to play. So they back up, regroup, and they try something else. And then they we say something, and they try something else. I think, you know, and if the red flag law dies, they'll come up with something else. There's always something in the in the background that they have in their bag of tricks to yeah. use. If we continually rebut what they say, they're always ready with something else. Well, and you know what they're not you know what you're not going to see covered in the news? You're not going to see them say, "Hey, you know what? We we screwed up on this oh, no, well, right. this one over here." So, we 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 did this red flag on this guy and it turns out he wasn't dangerous at all and we really overstepped our authority and uh, that's a huge mistake, everybody. So, you'll never hear that. Uh, we cost this guy $15,000 and he had to spend the weekend in jail and and it was for no reason. Right. So uh, we just wanted to get that story out there and let everybody know that maybe these red flag laws aren't perfect. So, yeah, you think they're ever going to write that article? Can I play a chess with you? Because you're terrible. (laughs) You are terrible. But but they but you're right. They're never going to. They're not. That. You're not going to see that in the media. But if you come you can't look, can't even get them to say they're sorry. If you look at my phone log, you're going to see people calling all the time about that kind of stuff. Real world. Yeah. If you talk to you know if 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 you know the the clients that John Dillon, the attorney, can talk about, he's he's got a bunch of those, and that's why these red flag laws are bad. Mm-hmm. Don't look at the you know the supposed you know false stories about you know the good that they're doing you have to look at the horrible yeah. bad they're doing and the fact that we just don't need them yeah all right let's take a quick break this is gun owners radio fm 961 am 961 AM 1170. The answer. You know, a lot of companies are really unhappy with their websites. They look old, they're out of date, and it's just not getting customers. But you know what? SageTree gets it. Since 2005, SageTree has been helping companies with websites that look great, work great, and get leads. Stop being frustrated by your website and get one that you're proud to share. Contact SageTree today to get a website that makes the phone ring. Getting started is real easy. Call 866-728-9100. That's 866-728-9100. And get your website fixed today. 
All right, our next guest was a was a uh, um, a referral from from Dave R. I'm not going to say his full name because I know he likes his privacy, but Dave's awesome. I love Dave. I love Dave with with uh, thanks with with a passion. <laughs> different Dave. appreciate. It. I love you too, but in a very different way. Mm. Um, Akil, I hope I get this right. You're going to have to pronounce as soon as you get on the air. I'm going to ask you how to pronounce your name. Akil Kadir. Akil Kadir from Citizens Safety Academy. Akil, did I say that anywhere near right? Yeah, that was actually really good. Thanks. <laughs> you fantastic. Thank well, you so man, much. You said he was a girl. I didn't say he was a yeah, girl. Yeah, you did. I didn't. From Citizens <laughs> Safety, don't listen to Dave. We, we're in, I don't even know why we have him here in the studio. He he wanders <laughs> off if uh, if we don't give him something to do every Sunday. Something so. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, tell us about uh, Citizens Safety Academy. Uh, well, Citizen Safety Academy is a small training company here in the uh, sunny climes of Middle Tennessee, right outside Nashville. And what we do is we kind of specialize in gateway, what we call gateway instruction and certifying, not so much certifying, but training and teaching gateway instructors. Hmm. And, uh, it's a little bit of a niche in the industry that me and my partner, Tiffany Johnson, are trying to carve out. Um, a lot of people out there training, and we wanted to try to address some of the things we found, some of the shortcomings we found in the industry. Um, gateway instruction is very important, and it's the actually the most important, and it's honestly the biggest part of the industry. Wow! But so unfortunately, a lot of it is not being done very well. Now, know, what, did, so, what does that mean, gateway um, instruction? Decided oh, I'm to sorry. do the best we could. Yeah, perfect. So we decided to do what we could to try to uh, you know raise the standards. That's awesome. So tell what 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 does that refer to? Like you know, gateway instruction. What what exactly does that mean? Uh, we we look at it as a um, instruction that's an on ramp into the uh, to the gun community. You know, into the greater gun community, uh, Second Amendment community. Um, we uh, you know, in you know, the culture is tra- changing, and there's a lot of people coming from all different walks of life, and. We understand that if we want to save the Second Amendment, we've got to, you know, expand the tent, as we like to say, get more and more different types of people in it. Um, and sometimes, in some circles, the the gun industry has the is get painted with the, you know, with a brush, a, a political brush that makes it look like, you know, it's unwelcoming to some people. And we know some of that is, you know, um, by design. But we think that a lot of, you know, guys in the in the gun industry, for example, you know, I come, I'm an African American, come from African American community, obviously, and you know. You know, I had a different, I was brought up differently than most people. My dad was an NRA instructor um, back in the 70s when there wasn't a whole lot of, you know, African-American, you know, firearms instructors that were NRA certified. And one of the things I learned as I grew up and, you know, was immersed in the gun community was that it was a very welcoming community. You know, people, you know, I never ran into a lot of problems that I think some of my friends who weren't gun people thought that there were. And so I said, me and Tiff talked about it one day and we were like, hey, we need to, you know, go to other types of people and let them know, you know, just how welcoming this community is. Um, and and also show the gun community itself that sometimes we can be our own worst enemy. I got to tell you, uh, I really, the, the, what you're saying about the gun community, I think is worth talking a little bit more about. And not not just if you're African-American, but any across the board, you know, and it, it's, I, I've watched people, you know, who differ hugely uh, politically um, you know, men, women, old, young, LGBT, um, you know, you name the, you know, uh, you know, Catholic, Protestant, you know, Jewish, uh, you name it. And I, once you get on the range or you get into a classroom to talk about firearms, all that other stuff just disappears. And, and people are extremely welcoming, I, I've found. 
I found the same. But most people, a lot of people outside of who aren't aren't in it, that's not what they think they see. And uh, you know, to some extent, there's you know a concerted effort to paint gun owners in a certain way. You know, uh, and and then sometimes people who are in the gun community, you know, like I said, don't help. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's not because they don't want to. They don't want to. They just don't know how. You know, and so. That's interesting. Uh, Tiffany and I decided to go out and, you know, and try to start, you know, doing something. Um, you know, she's range master baby. She was ranged in the house of Tom Givens, you know, and I'm, you know, he pulled me on the staff, you know, about five or six years ago. And, uh, you know, we, we looked around and said, you know, it's a pretty tight team. What can we do? What can we contribute? And, you know, we decided to do what we could to encourage gun culture 2.0 to get into gun culture 3.0 and just bring as much as many people into the gun culture as we could. Why is it important to you? I, you know, I love my Second Amendment rights, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and yeah, and I don't want them to go anywhere. And 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 I, I think that you know, we we, you know, I mean, when I look worldwide, I mean, this is one of the few places, you know, in the world where we have the rights and 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 the abilities to do something. I, I grew up in Buffalo, New York, so I mean, just this parts of the country that you know. That, that it can be pretty draconian and, 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 you know, as far as access to firearms and what types of firearms and things like that you can deal with. And, you know, I, you know, I, I, you know, I love where I live now in Tennessee and, 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 you know, and the, what I can do and what I'm a part of. And I want more and more and more people to be a part of that, you know? And, and so now the cool thing is I've seen, so I've been dealing with this. I've been in the gun community since my dad, helped my dad out as a teen in the eighties. And, you know, now I'm starting to see those changes. He's really excited, starting to see a lot of changes as more and more people, you know, um, are starting to find out what we do all along with that, the gun community, which is a very welcoming community. What I don't know if you even know this or not, but what, what got your dad? You said your dad was a, an NRA certified instructor in the 70s. Yeah, he was a, he was a wet, Vietnam vet, and uh, he came home and, he, uh, you know, um, came home to Buffalo, um, got married, and he, uh, you know, wanted to protect his family, things like that, you know, and saying that there wasn't a whole lot of other places that you could really go get the training. And he wanted to come back to his, you know, to his community and, and train more and more people. And so he started up a gun club, the Dory Miller Rifle and Pistol Club, in 1980 that's still going strong to this day. Wow. Um, and, and it's primarily on the east side of Buffalo, which is where most black people live. And and, you know, but it was always open to all kinds of people, which right. was wonderful about it. You know, he, he, you know, he made sure that everybody knew that this thing is, you know, is directed towards what he thought was a group of people who didn't know, didn't have a gun culture, weren't part of a gun culture, didn't really know that they could be part of a gun culture. But at the same time, it was open to any and everybody who wanted to join. So this, this question might be way too big. Um, you know, and, but wh- what do you think it is? Like, what happened uh, as far as, uh, firearms ownership, the view on firearms ownership in the African American community. I mean, if you look back at the history, um, it, it was one of the you know with the Jim Crow South. It was one of the rights that they that they fought for. You know, to get to get the ability to own firearms, to carry firearms. I've I've read uh, uh, stories that uh, you know Martin Luther King tried to get a, a carry permit. Um, you know, you, you look at a lot of the history of African Americans there's there are firearms throughout and then there seems to have taken an enormous 180 in in the African American community I don't know when I'm going to say eight, late 80s 90s I think what is I don't know is that too big a question am I making too too many blanket statements on 
on on on uh, you know people in general? Or what do you think happened that the African community um, didn't or no longer embraced firearms? Um, the African American community, uh, you, I, me, and my dad have studied this pretty extensively, um, and. You know, it was during the Jim Crow. I mean, firearms ownership among African-Americans was discouraged. Um, and in a lot of northern states, you know, um, the, you know, like a lot of the big cities they went to, you know, New York, Chicago, places like that, when they migrated up after Jim Crow, mm-hmm. um, those places had some of the most restricted gun laws for anybody. I mean, the Sullivan Law in New York State came around in 1917. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, which created the New York Commit, but also brought along brought along a lot of the a lot of the you know the gun restrictions that we grew up with up there but in the south once things eased up i mean i was born in 1969 the civil rights act was born in 1965 after that you know it's just things turned slowly i mean you know because black people i know a lot of black people owned a lot of guns sometimes when well, they owned a lot but they owned guns but it was very surreptitious everybody didn't was it's kind of hush hush thing you didn't really talk about it they didn't feel like it was something that you could discuss um, unfortunately, you know, the, the criminals, the criminal element didn't have a problem doing it, but the good people, the church people, and then the civil rights realized that the way the civil rights movement is painted is, was a completely nonviolent movement. And anything that we achieved, we got through nonviolence, mm. even though a closer study of what happened shows that there was guns all in the background of everything with the deacons for defense. Um, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, all that type of thing, you know, um, you know, Edgar Evers carried a, 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 you know, a Colt government model 45. So, you know, I mean, it was, but that's not what you talk about. You know, the, 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 the larger narrative was, was that, you know, what that, that, you know, nonviolence, um, one, 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 you know, won the day. And so, you know, that's being, a really good point. I, that's a, I'll bet you, violent, yeah, that's guns became equated with violence. And so that was, you know, so that, that's, I think that has a lot to do with it. And they alienated, like, for example, there's that real famous picture of Malcolm X and I believe he was carrying an M1 carbine, you know, peeking mm-hmm. through a curtain, you know, and that, that image was, was very much alienated for, for a, uh, you know, nonviolent. That's, that's the, wow. That's an awesome answer. I'll bet you're exactly right. That's exactly what happened. Now, why would you encourage, uh, the African-American community today to, to be gun owners? I mean, if, if, if that's the case, you know, um, and, and other than just, you know, well, it's fun, you know, cause I don't think a lot of people need an, an, another hobby. Like there's so much to do in life. I don't think people I always, I always try to stay away from like, well, it's fun. It'll, it'll be a lot of fun, man. Eh, there's a lot of fun things to do. What's a, what's a little bit, what's a meteor reason that the African-American community should care about, about being gun owners? Because guns are what's behind, I'm a big believer in self-determination, self-protection, and that and that every living organism has a right to keep itself alive and protect itself. And I was a cop for 15 years in Buffalo, New York, and I can tell you what I think I learned and very quickly doing that for a living, um, and I'm third generation with it, was was that, you know, by definition, you know, by physics, the cops can't be there when you need them. And we all know that, and you know, and though it's put off as a, you know, you know, platitude almost, but it's the truth, you know, saying that right. you are your own first responder. And, and it's just a matter of taking control of your own life, being, you know, the decision maker, being type of person who doesn't require or rely on other people to, you know, to do what you should be doing, which is, you know, defending yourself in those moments and things like that. And so I think that if more people took that into consideration, really thought about it, um, they realize they really don't have a choice. Hey, Akil, can we get you to hang for another segment? Sure thing. Good man. All right, this is Gun Owners Radio FM 
961 AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks, welcome back to Gunner's Radio. FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Hey, is there a better tool? That empowers a woman to defend against the attacker that's 100 pounds bigger. Well, that's why it's so important for women to learn how to defend themselves with the most effective self-defense tool ever invented. For women, led by women, the Not Me program is designed to help with training, purchasing a gun, and getting a concealed carry permit. And guess what? It's free. To sign up, go to notmesd.org. The program is also available in Orange County and Inland, Inland Empire. Get help today, notmesd.org. All right, we're talking to Akil Kadir from Citizens Safety Academy, and we were talking about uh, uh, what Citizens Safety Academy does, and we were talking about uh, the African-American community and the history of, of firearms ownership of the African-American community, which is fascinating to me. Um, before we, I, w- I want to get back to uh, talking about Citizen Safety Academy and, and what you guys do. But before we do, you you said something really interesting. You were saying that um, you know you're interested in 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 gun culture uh, 3.0. You know we're in you know 2.0 and 3.0. And you were saying that um, extremely open and accepting uh, community, the, the gun gun world, the gun owner community, which I agree 100. percent And you were saying that there there have definitely been some mistakes made. I'm, I'm paraphrasing what you said or you know that that sometimes we we don't do the best that we should. What's what's an example? What's 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 something that our listeners should be aware of um, that isn't bringing a, a good look or a good name to the gun owner world? Well, first we try to you know educate them on optics a little bit and how would you you know how? For example, we got our on our website we have something called the Wall of Smiles, and on there we've got all these people who've gone shot shooting, and we try to make it look like all kinds of people. So that when people, other people, people who might not be from minority group, for example, might not know is that when minority groups look at your website, if they don't see anybody who looks like them on the website, they may not think that they're welcome. You know that they're welcome, but they may not know that they're welcome. And so what we have to do is explain to some people, hey, we have our wall of smiles, for example, so people can see all kinds of people on there. And then what they feel like is, hey, there's somebody there who looks like me, so I should, I may be welcome there. Little things like that. Um, people smiling, having a good time, as opposed to looking too mean and tactical, for example. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I do. Absolutely. I think it's extremely important. And so we get a lot of our friends who go, hey, I'm open to it. I'm I'm willing to work with people. You know, what do I do? And we go, don't go 50%, go 60%. Go another 10%, invite them, ask them, things like that. You know what I'm saying? Be open. When they're not ready, sit back and be like, okay, but if you change your mind, I'll be here for you. Little things like that. And then the big, another big thing is, like you said earlier, because there's all kinds of people, we've learned to, I have my politics and what I believe in, and I leave that out of my classroom nice. completely. You know what I'm saying? Just so that I can, because the Second Amendment, I believe I'm pretty much almost an absolutist, and I believe the Second Amendment applies to even people who don't believe in the darn Second Amendment. You know what I'm saying? And so, yeah. but, um, there, there, I, but, I, I, but there are probably things. That we need to get more people on. That's just how I feel. Sure. And there are probably, there are probably things politically you know, if there's somebody else that you meet who's who's a strong Second Amendment supporter, there are probably things that you disagree with them on politically. But why, you know, getting people 
into uh, you know firearms and the, and the world of firearms and getting them to look past the stereotypes and really see us for the accepting community that we are is difficult. It's even more difficult if you if you present them with with even more things that they disagree with you on. You know, so right. you know, don't talk about taxes or immigration or abortion or any of these other hot button items. Just talk right. about the beauty of the Second Amendment and what it means to you, and that, and I think that's extremely right. important. Right. So as opposed to talking about those things, I'll talk about my grandkids. We'll nice. talk about, you know, we'll talk about all those things. Everybody, most people love their children, want good schools for them, good, you know, a good job. You know, the things that we all want and need, those are the things we focus on in our classroom. And guess what? Those things need to protect, be protected. You know, and I you never, I totally do. And I never really understood. It took me a while to truly understand, you know, the idea of, hey, if, I, if I'm looking at a website and I don't see people that look like me, um, then I, I don't feel welcome there. And I think that a lot of people recoil from that and kind of turn their nose up and say, well, I don't know why. And it, 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 there's a couple things. First, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter, like, you know, your perception. We're trying to appeal uh, to their perception. But it, it, right. it, I, the, what made me really understand it, because I really thought about it for years, you know, why would, that, why would it matter if, they, if somebody sees somebody that looks like you? And right. I realized this is kind of a silly, I don't know if this is a silly story or not, but in the 90s, when I was into boxing, uh, my favorite boxer was Tommy Morrison. Mm-hmm. In an era, now he was good, but in an era right. where you had Holyfield, Buster right. Douglas, Mike Tyson, yeah. my yeah. favorite guy was was Tommy Morrison. Mm-hmm. Why? Because he looked Rocky. like me. He, I didn't, you know Rocky. what I mean? Because yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he looked, because I, I looked at, to him. right. I, he, had, I, he had a mullet. I had a mullet. You know, we're both. <laughs> we had the same, you know, basic mm-hmm. skin hue, and and I realized it, but I, it, I didn't think about it. It was, it was. I think it was very subconscious. But as yes. as I got older, and as I kind of realized that, I realized, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah. They want to. I looked at Tommy Morrison and got into boxing. You know, they're looking for. I get it now. I totally understand. It's okay, by the way. It's totally okay. Right. And and I tell guys, this is a matter of strategy. You know what I'm saying? And 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 I, we try to speak to the gun owners and Second Amendment people as, hey, you know, um, we've got a bit of an uphill fight, so let's start getting some troops on our side. And what we do is, I and in our classes, I'll show a picture of a girl who was extremely scared to come to our class and shoot the gun so much so that she hands are trembling because guns have a PR problem. They do. And so we're operating at a deficit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I'm helping her out. And then she's at the end, I show a picture of her point at her target and she's elated. Turns out she was my son's, uh, my my daughter-in-law's friend. And I go to a wedding and she jumps in my lap and I'm trying to figure out who this girl is. And I realize it's the girl from the class, you know, and then she, you know, and I realized that we changed her life. And I said to the guys in the class, I said, Hey, even if she never wants a gun in her life, now it's hard to make it out that all gun people are bad to her. Yeah. That's and awesome. We are an ambassador. We are an ambassador to this thing. And we really have to go out because John Farnham, the great John Farnham said something all the time. He said, and I'm saying this, and this is, he said this, and he said, yeah, sure. you know, the second amendment is not going to be one on the, it's not going to be carried on the backs of aging white men. It's not, you know, America's changing. Demographics are changing and we have to change our tactics and, and, and like I said, get as many people into this thing as we can, or or, or it's going it's going to be tough. Male, pale, and stale—that's what I. <laughs> me, why, are you, why are you looking at me? You and me, Dave. You and me are a <laughs> little too male, to a little too pale, <laughs> a little too stale. That's why we have Alicia. She's not stale or male. She's female. And then we have Action Jackson here, who's not stale at all. He's only how old are you, buddy? 
Uh, nine. Nine years old. Okay, wow. so yeah, nine is, years fresh. Hey, you're gonna love this, Akil. He's got a really important question. To he ask does. You. Ask him your question, bud. What's your favorite gun? Nice, good question. <laughs> really? Uh, <laughs> my favorite gun is a is an old Colt Python. My dad gave <laughs> You know, hard to find in that looks like water, and there's not a turn line on the cylinders. One. <laughs> <laughs> That is a python. Pull it out every so often, just look at it. Is that yeah. three? Is a python's three fifty seven? Uh, yeah, three six inch barrels, beautiful. That's awesome. I always wanted yeah, the. I don't anic- shoot it, but I, but I just look at. it. I pull it out. It's on a leopard skin gun rug with desiccant pack. And I just look at it, <laughs> touch it, and then rub it clean and stick it back in the, in the safe. You know. So. I my my dream gun is the uh, the uh, anaconda, the cold anaconda, which is the nice. it's the forty four. Yeah, magnum version magnum. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, I've always wanted one of those so badly. Oh. I encourage yeah. you to shoot it though, man. I don't don't just babysit it for the next guy. Come on. I try to, but I but every time I, I cock the hammer and it's so smooth <laughs> and it locks up so tight and I just ease the hammer for it. And I go, nah. And then I go grab a Glock and go shoot. <laughs> See, because you know if you shoot it, you'll never put it down. <laughs> That's probably true. Yeah, you know? and and then after that, that thing is so it's like a switch watch, it probably won't, you know. I'm pretty hard on them, you know what I'm saying? So that one, and I've got a Browning High Power that's completely, <laughs> you know, nickel with gold trigger and everything. I've never shot it either. They just sit in the stage and look pretty. So. See, I thought your, I thought my wife's cousin, my wife's cousin <laughs> went to Alicia and me and says, hey, I want a gun. I said, all right, have you ever owned a gun? He goes, no. Nope. I said, so what do you want? I want a Smith & Wesson Magnum 8-inch eight, eight barrel. 500. 500-8-inch barrel. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good first gun. Well, now, what is, the you, hell? What are you going to do with it? Akil, do you recommend – is that a is that a common recommendation yeah. for a first gun? That's a concealed carry. Nah, either that or Desert Eagle and 50 Cal. Well, you know, it gets you. worse. <laughs> hey, Akil, it gets worse. I said, okay, so what are you going to do with it? Well, I need to get somebody to make a box, and I'm going to hang it on the wall. Nice. I said, no, you're not. And Alicia says, no, you're not. You're going to the range. His eyes are still stuck in the back of his head. <laughs> I made him shoot it. She it made great. him shoot it. Oh, and then of course Alicia had to shoot it. Right. Yeah. We well, want to make sure it was safe. Right. I, I did yeah, shoot it first. She is an instructor. He didn't see me blow over, so he was willing to go. So you're good. You know, if you've never shot one, just anybody out there, the 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 recoil on the 500 is not that bad. It's the percussion from the sound that'll blow you that's, over. That's what I heard. Yes. And, and I saw it the report the and all the flame come out both sides of it. And I watched carefully from a couple lanes down. And I was like, <laughs> what the nice. hell yeah. is that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's and then it's, the atmospheric yeah. event that happens. Well, they're still putting windows in a discount gun mart. <laughs> yeah. The guy said you got to open your mouth when you shoot it, you know. So <laughs> <laughs> never thought of that. So how do people, if, if people want to know more about you, before I, we, we have a, just a few more minutes, and I want to make sure follow if people around. want to follow you, if people want to work with you, or, or you know, what, what do you recommend? How do they find you? What's a, what's a good first step? What kind of people should reach out to you? Anybody can reach yeah. out to us, and they can get us at citizenssafety.com. It's the best way to do it, and we've got a contact form on there, and it goes to me and Tiff. And, uh, and, you know, we'll be happy to talk to anybody just about any old thing. So. Hey, this has been a fun interview. We appreciate you taking time out of your Sunday evening right in the middle of football. I appreciate you having me. It was great. Thank you, guys.
right. Well, I guess we're not quite done yet. Go ahead. Ask another question, Sam. I mean, uh, Mike. My Mike. name's Mike. We've known each other for what, eight years. You need a name tag. <laughs> what? Uh, well, I'll tell you what. Let's do a little lightning round. Uh, just real quick questions that I like to ask from from folks. Some of the some of the every every gun guy knows these. So, okay, uh, yes. nine millimeter or forty five. Nine. Nine no, millimeter, forty five. Awesome. Gavin. Now I'm nine. Yep. AR or AK? Now I'm AR. <laughs> really? You were an AK Sounds guy like before? He was an AK. Or you remember back in the days, you could get com block guns cheap. You know what I'm saying? I, mean, I got my first SKS at Woolworths. You know, that, that, ah. now you want a good AK? It's you know two grand. So now I'm, I'm, I'm a, now I'm a diehard AR guy. And last one, Mossberg 500 or Remington 870? Remy 870 all day. Because you know why? Because you're law enforcement, right? Yeah, I get that. Well, yeah. Actually, I'm old enough that we actually had a yo, Ithaca 37. So. <laughs> <laughs> a classic by no doubt. Nice talking to you, man. Nice Thank you for coming on. Appreciate Bye, it. guys. Hey, you take care. All right, we're going to take a quick break. It's Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. Welcome to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. Well, a self-defense event happens in seconds. And in the time it takes to listen to this commercial, your life could change forever. I pray you're never forced to shoot in self-defense, but if you must, then you must be ready. That's why the USCCA exists, because every responsibly armed American could have the training and education to navigate a self-defense situation. And should you need it, the 24-7 critical response team is right there for you. To discover more about the USCCA, visit uscca.com slash G-O-R. Act now, because the life you save could be your own. That's uscca.com slash G-O-R. All right, it's time for everybody's favorite segment, Stump, My Nephew. Sam the Gunman is, of course, my nephew, and we found out years ago that he's really good at uh, gun trivia. So uh, every week we ask him a question. Of course, he does not get the question in advance. You email us the question. If we use it on the air, we'll give you a hat or shirt. And if you stump my nephew, you'll get something cool, Um, probably tickets to gun prom, or I don't know. We'll find something really cool for you. So, Sam, are you there? Yeah, how are you guys? Good, man. How are you doing? Not bad. Can't complain. All right. Action Jackson, my friend. Are you ready to read the question? I certainly am. All right. Fire away. Unrehearsed. So who's this one from? Allie from Santee. Allie from Santee. Go I for it. I hope Jackson did like tongue exercises to get ready for this one. <laughs> the arsonist wears or has oddly <laughs> shaped feet. Wants to know... <laughs> What's the difference between the Czech, Czech, Czech and Yo- Yugoslavian Yugoslavian versions of the Samopolia version? Let me try it. Okay. What's the, what's, <laughs> Sorry, what's the difference between the Czech and Yugoslavian versions of the 
Samopal VZ61 Scorpion. That's S-A-M-O-P-A-L VZ.61 Scorpion. What's the difference between um, the Czech and Yugoslavian bird? Allie from Santee, thanks for writing in. Um, the Scorpion is a machine pistol slash, I guess you could call it personal defense weapon of Czechoslovakian origin back when uh, Czechoslovakia was still one country instead of two. Um, most were made in 32 ACP, but if I recall correctly, they later on made some in either 380 or 9 millimeter. I can't remember. So um, I'm going to go out on a limb and guess, because I, I didn't know that there was a Yugoslavian version, um, I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that it's the chambering, that the original Czech one was in 32, and that the Yugoslavian one uh, would have been in a different caliber. So here's the deal. That may be a difference. Um, so what we'll have to do is check that and get back to you, but it's not the difference that the uh, that the, that they're looking for. Um, okay, so I didn't get it. Alicia, well, wait a minute. I'm researching Alisa, right now. Alicia is researching. She's going to look to see if the Czech and Yugoslavian uh, uh, scorpion came in, in different uh, calibers. That might be a difference. While she's researching that, uh, the, the answer they wrote is, the two pistols are easily distinguished since Czech production has a wooden pistol grip and the Yugoslavian models have plastic grips. Scorpion VZ-61 was used by many units of the Czech and Yugoslavian armies and has been exported to various African states with communist connections. So she's going to look that up. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna put that on pause, and while we look that up to see if you uh, may have uh, nailed it or not, um, why don't you talk about your latest uh, article, which is at uh, sandiegacountygunowners.com slash blog or orangecountygunowners.com slash blog or inlandempiregunowners.com slash blog. So um, my latest article was, uh, you know, I don't remember the exact title of it, but it was something along the lines of um, uh, gun control supporters should oppose assault weapon bans. Um, and my angle there was basically, you know, everyone listening to this show or probably almost everyone listening to this show um, can name at least five good reasons why assault weapon bans like the one in California and like the one we had federally from 94 to 04 are completely ridiculous. Um, but what I wanted to do is sort of explain why they're bad public policy in terms that someone who is already anti-gun can agree with. And um, what I said was basically, hey, look, if you take, if you somehow magically made all rifles of any type, uh, quote-unquote assault weapon or not, disappear overnight. All rifles are out of circulation. Um, those, those account for about 1.3%, 1 1.4% of all murders, which is absolutely minuscule. It's, it's, it's basically a rounding error. And so I, I go into a little bit more detail than that and, and show my work and do the math and everything. But basically what I try to do is explain why they're bad laws in a way that someone who is already anti-gun can agree with. And I, I think that's important because, uh, you know, assault weapon bans are, are wrong. Um, assault, we assault weapon bans are wrong for a lot of reasons, and they're really just gun bans. That's all they are. If you can ban, if you can ban something that they consider an assault weapon, uh, you can ban any any firearm, uh, and that's just that's just a fact. Boom, bam, you know that's how it is. 
But I think a lot of people struggle with explaining why. Um, you know, if someone says, hey, I'm against assault weapon bans, well, why? And, uh, well, you know, and, and that's they, they start to fall down. I really like articles like yours, the way that you structured it, the way that you wrote it, and, of course, the subject and content, uh, because it really gives people the ability to explain not just that they don't like something, but why they don't like it, why it's not good. So I thought that was really great. What what is there anything in particular that inspires you to to write it at this time? Um, no, I the, the way I made it topical was that I mentioned the one that just passed and um, is being already tied up in court in the state of Illinois. Um, but it's it's really universally applicable, and the numbers I use are from uh, the federal government sources within the federal government. So I'm I'm trying to make an argument sort of nationwide. Um, but you can apply pretty much the same logic to uh, to any state, although the numbers are a little bit different. They're they're close enough that the point still makes sense. And importantly, I as I said, I show my work and I explain where I got my numbers. So anyone who wants to can can grab a calculator and punch in the same calculations and get the same result I did. Nice, awesome job. So do we do we come up do we do we have a determination? Alicia? Yes, we do. What so do we so if you look back the the name of the firearm uh, with the the Simapol, the VZ six one the sixty one does indicate the chamber. So it is chambered in thirty two. The they did make another uh, other versions, for example, a nine and three eighty. Those have different model numbers though. Okay, so sixty one oh, okay. is specific so I, to that I caliber. I didn't get it at all. All right. Well, that was a good guess, though. <laughs> what, what a humiliating sound effect! <laughs> I mean, he just knocked it out of the park. It is anyway. Um, Allie from Santee, congratulations. You're going to get a hat or a shirt, and you're also going to get, I think what we'll do is we'll give you tickets to Gun Prom, which is, of course, coming up in September, so you have a little bit of a wait, but that'll give you time to find a date, Allie. So uh, fantastic job, Sam. Um, uh, you're going to have another article for us uh, this week? Or are you taking a I week do, off? I do, yeah. Um, I've got another one going up tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock your time, noon my time. All right. um, don't, it's, uh, don't tell us. Don't spoil cool it. Don't ruin one, it. But Is it spicy? The last couple have been spicy. Uh, it's it's like, it's 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 fairly mild. It's it's not my best work, but it's it's all right. All right. You like your new watch? Yeah, it's great. Yeah, do you, are you wearing it or no, not really? You don't really. Uh, I'm not wearing it right now. But, uh, I wore it yesterday. I got him. A, am I allowed to? Can I tell everybody? I got you. I got him a, a G-Shock. Yeah, that's what you that? got. Action Jackson. Well, he yeah, he likes his. Well, yeah, his was G-Shock. His? his was G. His, Action Jackson's is G-Shock esque. Oh, whereas uh, Sam's is a, a legit G-Shock. Was it his birthday? Uh, no, it was, it was just a general holiday. It was non-denominational gift exchange day. Gotcha. And I was a little late, so I, uh, but it I got it for him. Yeah. You're a busy guy. Non-denominational gift exchange day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Thank you so much. Awesome job as always, and I will uh, talk to you soon. Yeah, sorry I didn't get that one, but uh, thanks for having me on as always. Well, it was a good job, and I think it, it's about time somebody stumped you. You're still 98. <laughs> Enough ninety eight to one, so yeah. you're okay. I think you just I think you just were being nice and making sure that Allie got tickets to gun yeah, prom. I think so too. Are you coming out for gun prom? If um, you're paying, I hope to be able to. Really in September? Yeah, I don't know if it'll work out with my schedule, but uh, I I hope so. Awesome. Do you All need right. a letter? Do you need a letter from Mike? <laughs> like, I might. We'll see. A work note. <laughs> 
Who would that letter go to exactly? God, a doctor's note? Yeah, it's a doctor's note. I'll write a letter to your doctor so that you... I'm sorry, Sam can't come to work today. (laughs) Thanks, buddy. You're the best. See you, Sam. Yeah, thanks. Good night. Hey, folks. You know what? Subscribe to our show. Give us a five-star review. Uh, You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify. And when you get a chance and you're out shopping around... Need to give our sponsors a big shout out. San Diego County gun owners, Orange County gun owners, Inland Empire gun owners. You can join all three. The Dillon Law Group, Sage Tree, let them fix your website. San Diego Flight Training International, U.S. Concealed Carry Association, and a loud shout out to Alicia Curtin, Michael Schwartz, Sam the Gunman, Action Jackson, and a wannabe wrestler, Brendan Thomas, right here on. FM 96.1 AM This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl.